know the show. You're listening to Ray Allen Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, let me see what matters to me. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Clemson won the damn game. Period. Bottom line. <laughs> nothing, nothing else to be said. Uh, Clemson won the damn game. Period. Let's not make excuses for Alabama. Uh, you know, regardless of what the circumstances were, and and there were some pretty relevant circumstances of which Alabama uh, was faced with. But the fact of the matter is, Clemson won the damn game. Period. Drop the mic. Give credit where credit should be given. And um, that's it, man. I mean, when, when you play this game in, in many games, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, whatever, there are times when, for whatever reason, football is one of those games we always talk about on any given Sunday, which we know now could be Monday. It could also be Thursday. It could be Saturday. And, of course, it could be Sunday. But we're just saying that there's a chance when there are excellent athletes on the field or on a court that the, the level of talent that they have could rise. And, and one day, at one special moment, it could be clicking on all cylinders. And you get in what they call is that zone, and it just happens. It's an out-of-body experience. You don't know how to explain it. You're at a loss for words uh, because it's one of those things that it's your preparation that has taken over. And due to that fact, because you put the hard time and effort into it, which I'll talk about a little later, because that does make a difference, how much time and effort you put into your preparation will show up on game day. And there's a couple things that, let, let me just get into the show, if you will. And, and, and I'll explain to you a couple things that, that are relevant. And first of all, there's no way in the world we're, we're going to say that, uh, that, that the quarterback for, uh, for Clemson Watson, uh, Deshaun, I, the, the stage, the stage, which was a huge stage, brings with that a lot of pressure. And, and he can say it if he wants to admit it. Uh, but he was a little rattled early on. I mean, we, we know he took a couple of nice shots that, of course, added to that uh, pressure that was there and for playing for a national championship. And, and there were some other things, too, that he had uh, that he voiced later that obviously he's going to take his talents to the next level. But certainly all those things come into play. You're a human being. You, you have a mind like the rest of us, and, and yours is one that functions. And a lot of times when you function, your mind, what you put in it, will what, you know, at the time, is you, when you push that recall button, it's there. But then there's other times where your mind is just all over the place, and it's because you're just human, and you've got all this information in it, and sometimes it pops up in your mind. And, and so he could have been thinking about the pressure of the game, knowing that it was his last game. He could also have been thinking about the fact that, you know, it's my last game and, and I'm playing against a freshman who's starting at quarterback on the other side of the field. You know, I'm playing against Alabama. This is my coach's former team that he played for. My coach wants to win this game probably more than anybody in this entire stadium. He played for Alabama. He, he want, he's playing against, he's up against a guy who, if he wins this game, becomes the best coach 
in college history in terms of wins and losses of national champions. He's going to tie one of the greatest, probably the greatest college football coach ever was, Bear Bryant. All this is on who has to go out and make this happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you, but there is pressure. <laughs> Nobody can say that they don't feel pressure. You may not feel pressure at all times, but the mere fact that you're aware of the fact that there is some interesting elements around this game, that's, that's pressure. How you handle it may be something different, but those are things that people identify as pressure. How somebody handles the pressure is different. If the pressure affects somebody else as a, more than it affects the other person, that's something you have to deal with. But early on, I just got to say this, I think the pressure got to Watson a bit, uh, you know, and, and because of that, I just don't think he performed to the best of his, of his abilities. You know, it's, and, and, they, and they, it started off, it was, it was, I think it was really obvious to um, a lot of people that he just didn't seem right. There were plays that we're accustomed to seeing him make, certainly plays he made in the Ohio State game, um, which as we know now, wow, you know, um, there was a man on a mission. But, but the, he made plays early in that game. And in this particular game, there were plays that, you know, Deshaun could have made. He, he just, he didn't, he didn't make them. And, and not making them, uh, you know, of course, Alabama jumps out to a 14-point lead. And <laughs> I guess I was just as guilty as anybody else sitting here at that time. I was looking, I was thinking, woo, this could be a long day. But at the same time, I also looked at it and I thought about the fact that, well, you know, Clemson isn't playing that good. Alabama's got 14 points, but Alabama's playing, you know, pretty conservative as well. But the fact of the matter is they were doing what they needed to do. Defense was playing pretty good football, and they were scoring. They, they, had, they had 14 points. At least at the beginning, they were scoring. 14 points looked good at the beginning. And, and so because of that, you know, you just look at the game, you let the game play out, but at the same time in the back of your mind, you're thinking, ah, oh, well, you know, Clemson hasn't really turned it on yet, and, and although they're not making a lot of plays, they're not really out of this thing because we, we know that, that Clemson has some, some big-time players on the other side. The wide receiver, the big fellow Williams, that, that's a that's – a, that's a grown man playing college football. <coughs> you know that we know that he's probably about to get a payday as soon as he possibly can, too. Uh, he'll have to make those decisions when he's ready to make those decisions. But, you know, you, you got some damn good football players on this team. And I, I just like to say that I, what I'm just so happy about is that the game, I think it lived up to the expectations of the game. There were a lot of people that picked Clemson. I mean, Alabama was not a shoe in for that. They were ranked number one, sure. But there were a lot of people. I, I think one of the big boy shows that uh, three out of four people picked Clemson to win the game. So, you know, it wasn't anything that it may have been a surprise to some people. But in terms of the game being as close as it was, I mean, uh, they gave Alabama, I think, six points. That's a lot of points. That, you know, of course, that's two field goals, but it, it's a touchdown and a mixed extra point. But, you know, in, in football, six points is, again, it's a lot. 
You know, most people, if it's a really close game, the betters, they jump all over six points. I, I would imagine that Vegas probably took a big hit yesterday because there were probably a lot of people who maybe didn't think Clemson was going to win, but they didn't think they were going to lose by six points. So some people, some people took them. But certainly I, I would say that, um, you know, the game certainly lived up to the hype. Uh, those, those young men did nothing to disappoint those of us who tuned in to watch that football game from start and as we know to the very last play although I don't know why they made the guys go back under to take a knee it obviously was a good thing for the quarterback gets to have the ball in his hands everybody gets to cheer and all that stuff but uh lived up to it and and that's one thing about this this college playoffs now I mean the, the last few years that they've had the college playoff games they've been good football games I think they've, they've lived up to the buildup. They, they haven't been disappointed regardless of, of who won the game. These young men went out there and put everything they had on the line. And it makes it look, I mean, if you, you think about the greedy people at the NC2A, with the exception of those guys who call themselves Buckeyes that didn't show up this year, and I can say that, I'm, I'm good with that, because when we lose, we lose. We lost. We didn't show up. Come on. You call it what it is. With the exception of that, you know, the games were, um, you know, worth the ticket. And so these folks, of course, as you know, they're trying to add some more playoff, two more playoff games instead of it being what, uh, you know, I guess it was four games. You know, they, they want to add, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess they want to add six games, eight games, whatever, six teams, eight teams, whatever it is. They want to add more. It's like they're, they're so greedy. When, when are you going to stop? Why do you need more? What was so disappointing about this playoffs that you think, well, somebody else should have got in and, and maybe they would have played better? And, oh, come on. Give it up. Give it up. These young men played their butts off. They gave us everything that we expected. Those people who paid money, they got everything they, got everything they paid for and, and, and more. But Dabo made a comment at the end that, in my mind, he kind of threw it in there a little bit, but but he, and I don't know if it was a jab, because I don't know him, but certainly I heard it loud and clear, and he he said something to the effect that you know this game. I hope the people watching it, you know, on television enjoyed it, uh, and those who couldn't come, you know, because it was too expensive. See, that's the, that's what the greed is. He's 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 even acknowledging in his own way. He's acknowledging that this is too expensive. There, there, do you know there are some families of those kids that played in that game uh, that, that couldn't go to that game? And, and I, I just want to get this out because it's on my chest. It's one of those things where the families couldn't go to the game because you have to, you have to put the money out, then they reimburse you. Why the hell do I have to put the money out and you reimburse me? If my son is playing in this game, and after all, this college football playoffs, four, no, Four games, I think, four, three or four games, how many ever games it is, you know, maybe it's two games and then one game. So it's what, three games? <laughs> one billion dollars, I've been told, is the amount of revenue they generate for three games. One, one billion dollars with a B, billion. And you're telling me you're making the parents put the money out, then you reimburse them? You know how many parents, there's some parents out there, they may have to go get a payday loan. I don't know. Some people may have to go get a payday loan to go to the game to see their son play. Then you're going to give them the money back. 
Some people may have to go someplace else to borrow the money. Who knows? You know, into their 401k plan. Who knows? That's just like they do those things for the playoffs, for the Super Bowl and all that stuff too. That's what people do. These fans, and sometimes these fans are family members, but the family members shouldn't have to do this. So just as Dabo said something, I remember a couple years ago, of course, um, you know, when the Buckeyes was there, Urban said something because his, you know, his parents of some of his players, you know, were, were going to be in the same position. So he thought that they should contribute something. There is something. They are contributing some. But again, the way and the means in which they're doing it now still kind of crazy. It's kind of a reimbursement kind of thing. And <laughs> I don't think they need to do that. So anyway, uh, let me get back. And what I want to do is I'm going to talk a little bit more <laughs> about this game because th- there, there were some distractions in this game. I don't want to make excuses, but I just want to acknowledge some of the facts and just give you something to think about. Because again, they were distractions and the distractions kind of played out. We saw them a little bit. We just didn't identify them as distractions, but there were distractions. But I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And we'll be right back after these breaks. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, I tell you, what matters to me is Clemson won the damn game. Bottom line, period. Nothing else said. Drop the mic. It's over with. No excuses. But there were a few things that we'd like to talk a little bit about. And there was some. There were some distractions. And I don't care. Just as we talked about the mine, and you know, and you know, and what happened with how early on it just didn't look like uh, you know Clemson quarterback uh, Watson was really tuned into the game. Some other things may have uh, certainly taken a couple nice shots. You know, could have affected. Um, his ability at the time early in the game, but he just didn't seem to be himself. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about distractions because we know there were some main distractions there. And, and of course, uh, over on the Alabama side, was the fact that, hey, guess what? Uh, your offensive coordinator is not a part of your team anymore. So that's just a little bit we're going to get into. But I understand we got a caller on the line. A friend of the show, Keith, is there from Philadelphia. Keith, are you there? Hey, yes, Ray. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing good, Keith. How are you? 
I'm doing good today. Good, good. Let me ask you, did you get a chance to tune in to, uh, you know, what probably is the greatest college football championship game for sure, and that was, of course, uh, the Clemson, um, you know, playing against, of course, uh, Alabama. And did you get a chance to see a little bit of that, Keith? Yeah, I actually saw the whole game, and um, <laughs> you're right. Um, for about three quarters, it didn't look like uh, Deshaun was Deshaun. Yeah, it, it, you know, and the thing about that, Keith, is uh, as I was saying early on, you know, the news has come out that he he has uh, declared that he's going to take his his talents to the next level. You know, going into that, you know, that that wasn't a after the game snap of the moment judgment that he made. He knew that going in, and and I'm saying there's some added pressure and and, and I'm going to say distractions because we're going to get into what the distractions were on the other side. But for that young man, there was a lot on him. He he was playing against a freshman, uh, you know, who had Alabama in a position to to be the national champions. Uh, he he fell behind early in the game. Uh, he didn't look himself. And uh, a lot of times, as we saw, as a matter of fact, later on in, in the game when Alabama quarterback ran for the touchdown, uh, basically to put them in a position to possibly win the game, uh, there are times when a quarterback who has the ability to, to extend the play and be creative, a lot of times they can do that with their feet. And Deshaun's feet seem to be somewhat in, in, in cast in cement. He just wasn't himself. Uh, but I, but, but I got to give it to him, you know, and that's what I, I like to pressure quarterback. We thought that, that Eli might do it this past weekend. Don't want to get into that quite yet, but, uh, he, he did it when it counted. And that's, that's probably where, that's where your money comes in. They used to say that about Tim Tebow. And so that got Tim a, t- a chance to play in the National Football League. Do you think that Deshaun's performance uh, at the end of the game um, will, will will allow him to be the number one drafted quarterback uh, in this year's draft? Um, I'm not that impressed with the guy at the next level, to be honest with you. That's interesting, um, kid. What What is it that you don't see in him that you see on Sundays from those quarterbacks that are successful in the National Football League? Um... Uh, I think the game's bigger, and I don't think he's ready for that. I mean, I see guys who, to me, are like good college quarterbacks, great college quarterbacks, but that's their peak. Um, and that's just kind of it's just kind of a, a looking at him and seeing that. I just don't see him growing to be the next level quarterback. It's interesting you say that because um, I have never. And, and again, I, I'm just fair. This is this is this is what I do now, so I have to be fair. If my opinion is going to be respected, then it has to be somewhat substantiated by some by some research and my previous experience as a former player. When I looked at Ohio State's quarterback J.T. Barrett, I just don't see a next level quarterback in him. It, it appeared that he announced after the game that that he was going to come back next year. Uh, well, he can come back next year still, and he will be a, a very very good college quarterback. Uh, in fact, he'll break all the Ohio State records if he hasn't broken them anyway. But uh, I still don't think in a year's time his talent is going to develop such that he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Now, Deshaun, I see him when I look. And again, remember, we got 32 starting quarterbacks to look at. And, and I do see some of them in the NFL, perhaps, maybe. Uh, certainly, we could use a quarterback up there in Cleveland, but I'm not sure that he's the quarterback we need in Cleveland. But I'm saying that there are some quarterbacks 
that are playing on Sundays now that I think that Deshaun's talent is at least equal to theirs, if not a little bit better, Keith. But but I, I understand what you're saying. If somebody like Aaron Rodgers could sit for some time before he was ready, if Tom Brady could sit for some time uh, before he, he was ready, I think Donovan may even set a couple games at least before he was inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, I think this young man, you know, in the right system, under the right tutelage, and applying his, his, his time to getting better and understanding pro football, I think one day he could be a good starting quarterback in the National Football League. Winning the Super Bowl, uh, it's going to depend upon the running game he has, the offensive line he has, and, and, and of course, um, the, the receivers he has. But uh, I think there's a chance that he might play, Keith. Let me ask you something. In terms of, I started to talk a little bit about distractions. I want to ask your, your opinion. Uh, do you think there's any way that the Alabama football team was not distracted by the uh, disruption of their program with the exiting of Lane Kippen. Do you, do you think that, that did not affect them at all? Do you think it was not a distraction, or do you think it was a distraction? And if so, how do you think it played out? I think it was a distraction. It had to be a distraction. And I think it played out in perhaps... Uh, Nick Saban overcompensating and maybe getting his hands involved where normally he would not. And it kind of shifts the balance. It's a subtle thing, man, but you're, but you know better than I. I mean, when you, there's a coaching balance that the players feed off of and helps them get ready for the game, helps them perform in the game. And if that balance changes in a short time span, it has an impact. And I think that's what you saw. You know, it's interesting because uh, now I'm going to get to that point I made that comment earlier about the Giants. And, you know, I'm just going to say this again. I'm I'm not making any excuses for my my comments um, and my commentary. Uh, But one thing that I always experienced, and I I was blessed, and I played in my rookie season, of course. uh, We made the playoffs. We got beat by the Giants. And and then in my last two years, my sixth and seventh year in the National Football League, of course, the drive and the fumble. But I will tell you this Keith each time we made it we made the playoffs there was if you will a recommitment by the team to prepare ourselves for the game I mean there was a commitment all season long to making it to the playoffs and hopefully to the Super Bowl when the reality is right there in front of you, then you recommit. It's almost like somebody's been married and, and, and you, 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 know, you, you have your vows, you, you do your vows over again. You recommit yourself to your purpose. And, 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 and I thought, in my mind, if I was on that team with the Giants, that's what I would be doing. That's what me and Hanford and the guys did, you know, in, 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 uh, in Cleveland, Hanford, Frank Minifield, uh, that, that's what we did in Cleveland, uh, in Philadelphia. That's what that's what we did uh, in Philadelphia. And guys were serious about this. And, and that's what I'm saying. Odell needs to, and, and the Giants, they need to step up and say, you know what? Okay, that was wrong. I mean, after the fact, now we look back up on it. But even then, you should own it. That's one thing about a player. I'm going to admit when I'm playing against another player, listen, I'm not afraid of him. I might respect him. But I'm going to do what I can to, you know, will my, my power and my strength on him to the point where I've got him under control mentally instead of him having me. And he's thinking about me instead of me thinking about him. 
all these little games you need to play, you got to play them. You got to be, you got to know your game and your game's got to be thorough and your preparation when you go in and you step on that field. If there's something you've done and, or, 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 or somebody's aware of the fact that, man, they wasn't working out on Monday. They wasn't working out on Tuesday. Mm. You kept hearing everybody talk in the game. The, the announcers were talking about the fact that uh, Alabama had been on the field close to 100 plays. They thought they could tire their defense down. I just believe this distraction of lane tipping, you know, being away from that team, everything not being the normal, had to be a major, major, major distraction. And so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to let it go. It's one of those things you don't need to let it go. Just like we, we didn't let, uh, uh, back in the day when Pete Carroll when, when Pete Carroll decided to throw the pass at the end of the game instead of running the ball with beast mode, we didn't let that go. We, we want those people to know. If you want to hold us accountable, when you make mistakes, live up to it, own it, and, and it'll be okay. I'm waiting for Nick Saban one day. I think Nick will say, okay, it was a distraction. If I had to do it over again, I would do it differently. Do you think Nick, certainly he won't say it next week. Do you think at one time Nick might own up to that one? I think that he has to, like you say, you know, like, you know, behind the closed doors sometime in the future, um, when he has a reflective moment. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, and, and let me ask you something as the fans out there, and I'm a fan myself now too, Keith, do you expect the, do you respect the man more that, that, that owns up to his mistakes because we are only human. Sure. You're a coach and we respect you. That's what you do. You, we're not going to compromise the fact that you're no longer an expert. We understand that, but it's just the integrity of man. I gave you guys my best. I want you to know I'm going to own up to it. Maybe I should have did something a little different, but I didn't. Will we appreciate that more? I certainly will. What about you? I think that absolutely. I mean, it, it goes to, if you want integrity in your program, you have to make that move. Yeah, and I, particularly if you, want your, if you want those who are a part of your program to know the kind of person you are when they come into your program, uh, then I think that says something about who you are and what your expectations are. And listen, we play this together. The coaches, the players, the administrative staff, the trainers, we, we all are in this together. And so we want you all to know, if you want to come be a part of this program, that we hold each other accountable. And if we make mistakes, we're going to own up to our mistakes. If we, if we, if we do it right, we're going to share the glory and we're all going to celebrate. But I, I just think that that's one of the things where I would like to see it happen more uh, in coaching where coaches are willing to step up and, hey, when the quarterback throws the interception, we, we see Eli throw those interceptions. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not really anything he can say, okay? And he, maybe he'll say, hey, you know, you hear quarterbacks say that. Quarterbacks will say, hey, that was on me. You know, I read something and I read it wrong. They did a good job in disguising the coverage and I should have went to the opposite side, uh, but I didn't and, you know, next time I'll do it. But I, I think that says something about a coach. Uh, when he's he's willing to do that. So, uh, but you know, Keith, coaches leave all the time in college during these playoff times. Uh, these coaches have to go because they have to recruit. So, I think that's something else that the NC2A might want to look at that and say, "Hey, we're going to have to do something about this uh, because if a coach is fired, that's one thing. But if he's leaving to go do some recruiting, that's another thing. But but I think if they're going to hold the kids accountable, and we're going to talk about this when we come back, then. 
I think they need to hold the coaches accountable because there there was a couple guys who decided it wasn't best for them personally to go out and risk their chances of getting injured. And people didn't look upon that too well. Now, in this particular case, it was a situation where Nick made the decision that Lane had to go, and that was okay with some people, but the Alabama fans, I guess now they would say, they weren't comfortable with that. We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. We're going to take this break. We're going to come back. Keith is going to hold on, hopefully, and come back with us. You listen to Rail the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music? You know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, Clemson won the damn game. <laughs> no excuses. We're not going to make any excuses. Uh, I know I know that man over there, Nick Saban. <laughs> I know a lot about him. He doesn't want to make any excuses. And uh, Clemson won the ball game, and we're going to congratulate them. But there were some distractions, and Keith and I were talking about that a little bit. I threw a little monkey wrench in there at the end of that conversation because there was a couple guys who didn't play in bowl games because they wanted to save themselves for the next level. They felt there was no no significant purpose in, in them uh, playing in that game. Uh, it's okay when coaches, for whatever reason, are removed from the situation, but when players uh, remove themselves uh, for their reasons, it seems that there is somewhat um, of a, you know, something that comes along with it that's very negative when it comes to players. Uh, Keith, I know I think one of the Nittany Lions uh, tight end, I think, uh, was, you know, he was expected to be a pretty high round draft pick. I think he got a knee injury. Uh, let's just draw the comparison because I know you're a Penn State fan. Let's draw the comparison. What do you think about something like that? Now, a playoff game. In uh, college championships, I'm sure anybody would play in them. Uh, Penn State had a game uh, that wasn't necessarily a part of the playoff system, but it was a bowl game, and and I think one of the players got hurt. 
it cost one person $27 million. So when we look at Lane Kip, Lane was a distraction. That distraction, you could, somebody out there could add a dollar value to the distraction that Lane Tippin became. And, and that could be for Nick Saban, millions of dollars. For the university, millions of dollars. For the prestige of the university of them having a second coach to win as many national championships as the first, what they call, and I believe the Bear was, the greatest college coach. Millions of dollars. These people are, are concerned about that. The player, I mean, these people being the university, of course, and the NC2A, of course, they, they, they want to have, they, they, they know they can capitalize off of that. But when a young man takes his future in his hands, and makes a decision, he's wrong. Is that kind of a double standard there? Or what's your perspective about a decision like that being made by the player? And then also over there when, when Nick and, and Lane decided to do their business. What's your personal perspective as to, hey, is that that person's business? Or no, you both have obligations to fulfill? How do you think about that? Well, you know me. I mean, you know how old school I am. Your word is your bond. Whether you're a coach or you're a player, you take a risk. If you're a player, yeah, you take a risk every time you go out on that field. If you commit to something, you carry it through. And I say the same thing for a coach. If a coach has committed to a program, even though yeah, he has his personal aspirations and opportunities, he owes it to himself. To his team is going to go to the national championship or to a ball game. You play it through, you coach it through to the very end. Even though you have cemented your future for the next day, you still have to complete the day that you're in. And that's where your mind should be. That's where your allegiance is. And like I said, you know how old school I am. I mean, I believe in integrity. I believe in responsibility. If you make a commitment, you carry it through. Well, Keith, I, I certainly appreciate your passion, and you've always shared that when you've come on the show. And, and that's all I wanted to hear is I wanted to hear somebody whose opinion may be different than mine. And, and, I, and I think from my perspective, uh, the reason why my opinion is different is because once you become a part of an organization, I mean, somebody could love, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. And, and then once you find out something else about them, it will instantly change how you feel about them. You, you'll feel as if you've been deceived. And, and, and that deception is something that it, it hits home. And, and when it's you, when you're involved personally, it makes it a little bit different. I, I know even watching people play, like I talk about the young man who played for Notre Dame last year and played against Ohio State, you know, and, and the difference in his draft position cost him and it could be justified very easily. Uh, you can quantify that in the draft status, the position he played, where he would have been drafted. $20 million. Now, for everybody else, that's his conversation between me and you. But for him and his family, that's, that's for real. He lost $20 million. Now, he was loyal to Notre Dame. Uh, he was also loyal to uh, the National Football League that he would go out there and perform and, you know, hey, I'm going to do the best I can when I come there. But you were going to draft me before and I was going to make X. Now I'm going to make $20 million less. And so I understand your position. But the reality of it is in this business, there are, there are contracts of which uh, are just um, 
let's say, holding up to them or living up to them, only one person has the right to do that, and, and that's the team owners. The, the players, it's not always the same. But, hey, late, listen, let's, uh, let's move on, Keith, because I know I only got you for a couple minutes. By the way, I'm going to open the calling lines up. So if anybody else would like to call in, 888-346-9144. Again, we are live today. Uh, and, of course, we're always live uh, with shows on demand as well. But... Uh, uh, 888-346-9144. Let's talk a little bit about the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs. <laughs> We're going to talk about the playoffs. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and listen, uh, one thing about the NFL playoffs is the NFL does not like distractions when it comes to playoffs. Uh, I believe uh, it was a Super Bowl. Uh, again, I've been hitting my head a few times. I may, I may forget this, but Keith, my dear friend Keith, may remember. I think it was a Super Bowl a few years ago, maybe a decade ago. There was somebody on the Super Bowl team, and he went out and did some things he shouldn't have been doing the night before. And if I'm not mistaken, they put him on a plane. He, he didn't play in the game. <laughs> the Super Bowl, uh, it doesn't have to be the Super Bowl. It's the playoffs. And, and, and there's some distractions going on in Pittsburgh. I mean, you're in Pennsylvania. I'm sure the news travels down there. But Joey Porter, come on, really? I mean, you got crazy last night. You're right. Wh- what in the world is this all? And this goes back to again. Maybe it was after a victory. You know, Joey's still a young man, a younger man than 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 his head coach, uh, but an older man for than than his teammates and somebody who should be setting an example. Ben, Big Ben, might be close to his age but here is somebody now you got a coach who's been out maybe had one too many and and now he's become a distraction to the team because now they got to answer questions and not only that somebody else is not going to take it's like doing somebody else's job somebody else has to do his job and if he's the best person for the job there's no way you're going to think that this person who's going to step in for him is going to be as good as he was at doing that job because he was the best person for the job. Now, how do you think this is going to play out for the, play out for the Steelers? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'll tell you one thing. You know Andy. Andy's ready. Andy's going to be ready. Andy's been through a lot himself personally. Uh, you know, and we don't want to go into that, but, but Andy's been able to refocus. And, and I think that Andy will come up with something, especially that he will try to challenge those linebackers to see if they're going to be prepared. Uh, now that Joey's out there, what do you, what do you think, Keith? I agree. Um, you can't have that kind of distraction at the pro level um, because your opponent will exactly do what you said. They will exploit it. They will. Um, it's now a major, major hurdle for the head coach at Pittsburgh to overcome. He's got to get his team refocused immediately because there's no time to waste at the pro level. What what yeah. do you think what do you think Terry Bradshaw is going to have to say about this? You already know that Terry Bradshaw's already said that Mike Tomlin is not a great coach. Okay, so now Tom is going to have to deal with this. Now, it's my understanding that Terry has been 
uh, put on leave from the team. Um, I think I got that from the big boy show this morning. I saw something on the ticker. Um, so, so somebody's going to have to step up. Is this going to be a re- is is this a reflection of the head coach, or is is this not a reflection of the head coach? According to, if you will, step yourself in Terry Bradshaw's shoes, and is this exactly what Terry was talking about when he says Mike Tomlin was not a great coach? Uh, he may not be a, a great coach, and coaching has changed in terms of the demeanor from the old days to today. Um, you still need some of the Vince Lombardi in you, but you need some of the Victor Meal in you too to be a successful coach. Um, but I just think that it's more a reflection. Um, yeah. I'll say of Tomlin, but I'll also say a little bit of the Roonies as well. Well, let me let me say this. I, I think when you when you talk about the Roonies, and of course when you talk about Tomlin, you mm-hmm. now you're talking about the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers and 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 the, the the Steeler way, if you will. You know they got the Patriot way. Well, the Steeler way ain't a bad way either. And if I'm not mistaken, because I have a dear friend, I think. Mike Tomlin might have two Super Bowl championship rings, if if not, or maybe, or maybe Tomlin's got one ring for sure. I know he's got one for sure because he beat the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but he may have two, or, or maybe. Okay, so so I mean, if you think about the great coaches, not many coaches in the National Football League have. You know, four and five rings. You know that. that I mean, you you get two rings in the Super Bowl. I mean, from the Super Bowl era. And hey, you're, you're teetering right along. But the but the problem with Mike Tomlin and any coach today being labeled is great is that man up there in 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 in, in B Town. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's just he's, he's just <laughs> elevated it such that he's a living legend. Most of the times, the legends. Or somebody who's left the game, they aren't participating. That's why I always tell people about, uh, you know, one thing about football is football is one of the games where one it's an industry. Sports is an industry where your best product is not your active product that's on the shelf. Many times that there's very few guys that that are in the league right now that are considered the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time, they're in the Hall of Fame, and you have to be out of the league at least maybe three, four, five, or six years before you can get into the Hall of Fame. So that's what's so unique about this about sports. Uh, we know there's a, but there's a couple that are on their way to that in basketball, football. You know, basketball. Yeah, obviously got LeBron and in football. We got over here. We we certainly know we got Tom Brady and probably Aaron Rodgers, uh, who will you know one day be visiting my hometown, and we will let them in when they arrive for sure. <laughs> but uh, but but I think I think Mike is on the crest of being that. If it were not for Belichick's presence, which is hard to look over, you know. It, it, it makes it hard for anybody to be considered great when you get Belichick and, and he's so relevant today and, and he's just raised the bar beyond anything else because he's like one of the greatest of all times. He's up there with, uh, of course, Coach Noel. But I, I would say this is a tarnish. This, this, is, this adds a little bit of blemish onto the Steelers' way. That one of their coaches, you know, they ended, didn't they end on the last, uh, on a bad note last year, uh, where uh, he, Joey ran out on the field last year, you know, 
in the playoff game and got fined $10,000 because he was upset that one of the guys hit one of the players. And uh, I, I just think this is not a good look for the Steelers. This is going to test uh, Mike Tomlin to see if he can rally the troops, get them refocused, and come out with a victory. So do you think that they can come out with a victory against the Chiefs uh, here, Keith? If they do, I think that's a real a real indicator of just how how strong coach he is. Um, I think I think this is the litmus test. Um, I'm hoping that he passes it. Um, you know, I, I like the guy. I mean, I like him as a coach. I think he's done overall good things. Uh, Porter is kind of borderline. He's got some issues. Uh, I think they tried to give him a shot, but um, it may be time to part ways. What do you think about big? What do you think about Big Ben in that offense right now? Hell of a lot different than when they were here in Philly about sixteen weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> what a difference sixteen weeks can make, you know. Uh, you're right about that. That that's a complete different ball team, and um, it, it's one of those things where it's uh, you don't know when you don't know what that recipe of success is. That's why you like to talk to those people and get those answers from them. But but Ben has always been extremely confident. Of course, we know his running back and wide receiver, they're extremely confident. It's just a matter of that defense getting themselves to the point where they're on the same page. And again, they're playing with greatness. Ben is probably going to be a Hall of Famer, you know. Um, the, the running back, you know, 2-6, man, he's getting a chance to play in his first playoff game, shows you what he could do. You know, running backs in Pittsburgh known to do great things during the playoffs, so... We're going to see what they do. But I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about that on the other side of break. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters, what matters to me is, of course, Clemson Tide won that game. No doubt about it. Let's no, make no excuses. Congratulate to them. They are the 2017 National Championships of the National College Football Athletic Association. So, um, boy. Uh, and just a great game, great game. Uh, shout out to I have a friend whose uh, son plays on that team, um, and that is Phil Jackson. Um, and uh, I want to congratulate him and his son and the family. And uh, there's also a Philadelphia tie uh, in that Clemson um, victory. Uh, Keith, were you aware that there's a Philadelphia tie to that Clemson uh, victory last night? 
Uh, no, it really was not. Uh, well, I would just say this. I'm going to share this with those of you who do not know, uh, and this would be amazing if this would happen. Uh, Brian Dawkins' son is a redshirt uh, freshman, I think, on that team. So he will, okay. uh, like everybody else, as part of that team, and help them prepare, get them ready, and you will see him in the lineup soon, I'm sure. Uh, little Doc uh, got him a national championship ring. Brian was probably there last night. Uh, and we know that Brian is on the finalist list for the induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wouldn't that be great for both of them to uh, achieve their success in the same year? That, that'd just be amazing. You know how emotional Brian is. I'm surprised he wasn't down there running on the field last night. Uh, he he might have been in disguise. We just didn't know that was him. Uh, but I think he'd have made a couple moves that the folks from Philadelphia would certainly remember. But, uh, man, my heart goes out to him. Uh, came in there in Philadelphia a couple years after I was gone and uh, certainly took the, the position to the next level. Um, appreciated the passion that he brought to the game every single down. Uh, and certainly he wouldn't have been one of them fellas that would have been out partying on that off day to get ready. But, but, but anyway, Keith, I, 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 I talking a little bit, but I just got to say this, man. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but we, we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, but how about them Cowboys? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but man. How about them Cowboys? And, and I believe, uh, now I, I, I'm not sure about this, but it appears to me that there's something that the NFL, you know, Roger plays around with the schedule all the time. And I guess you never really know who's who or what's what. But, but, but to me, the Steelers, I'm sorry, the Packers and the Cowboys, you know, I, I guess, you know, it could be a situation where, you know, coming from the other way, I guess it could be uh, the Seahawks and the Cowboys, or the Seahawks and and the um, and the Packers could be a good AFC. I mean, NFC Championship game. But this here, this 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 game between the Cowboys and the Packers, that seems to me like the NFC Championship game. But that's going to happen this weekend. And and so, how do you see that playing out, Keith? You you, you know, you've seen both teams play. You know, Aaron is hot. You know, the Cowboys, you know, they might as well just be, they, they branding hot. That's how hot they are, you know. So what? how do you see this game playing out? Who, who, who are you, you know, if you, ha you have to take somebody because it's playoff time now. Uh, so we, we, can't pick the, we can't pick the Eagles anymore. So looking at that head-to-head -head matchup, what do you like and, and who do you like? I'm going to say, and it's going to be a tight game, but I'm going to go with Dallas. Um, only because Aaron's running out of out of weapons. I mean, it was almost a hundred percent passing game for him, but um, he lost Nelson with ribs, and this guy Montgomery, number eighty-eight, who's been the the running back for him, he's banged up now too. Um, so I think uh, that's I think that's going to be the difference. Aaron has everything going for him, but he's running out of weapons. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to agree with you, too, and I, I'm just going to say this. You know, I, I, in my mind, it's, it's really an insult what, the, what they have been able to do, they being the Packers, have been able to go all season long without an NFL running back. Really? I mean, certainly half the season. You know, you can't keep putting wide receivers because you have no running back in the backfield. 
that, that this just I, I can't believe this. It's, it's embarrassing to me, you know. That uh, and and they're and they're somewhat effective, but as the playoffs go along, they will not be effective. And also, I, I just believe this too. I believe that the Dallas Cowboys are hot. I know Aaron's hot too. I believe the Dallas Cowboys are hot. Like you said, Jody Nelson. I think you're right. He's he's done. You know the rib shot he took. Uh, it, it's just another thing surprising me is that wide receivers. Period. Uh, that you don't see that injury happen more and more, but it's going to happen more and more because, again, the league has said you can't target the head, so you got to go to the body, and if they're up and, you know, that's, you know, one of those things. But then how are you going to say that you can't lead with the head? Uh, the NFL has some problems when it comes to tackling. They they just, I'm not sure they really got that right yet. So uh, trying to put the shoulder pad on the rib instead of the hell ah, that that's another story but let me go on yeah. and and what i want to say about aaron Rodgers is aaron is playing damn good football right now probably the hottest quarterback right now and certainly after last week um but at the same time i i just i gotta go with them cowboys they they, they look good all around they, they really do they've been they look good all season long they didn't just get hot at the end. They got hot at the beginning of the season, and they've been able to maintain that consistency, offense, defense, and special teams. I really don't see where they're really weak at. And so now let's look at the other side, and that other side in the NFC, of course, is the Falcons and, you know, the legend of Boom. You know, and you got Matty Ice going up against the legend of, well, let's say, let's just say Boom because a little bit of the legend is, is missing because, of course, we got a couple guys out in the secondary. But... You know, I just don't see if you got to beat the Seahawks with your passing game, and that's what Matty Ice is going to try to do. I just think the Seahawks are good enough in, in their pass defense that I think they could come out of that. I, I really do. What, what's your take on that? You think Matty Ice and the big fella out there wide out is, is too much for them, or, or are you you're going with the Seahawks? I'm going to go with the Seahawks, and the key thing here is playoff experience. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, there's the regular season, and then there's that second season. There's the playoffs. That's a whole new level. And unless you've got some experience, or like you say, experience on a recommitment, it, it, I don't see Atlanta being that team right now. Whereas I see... Even though they've got some injuries, I see the Seahawks being that team that has risen to the understanding that now we're in a different arena, and we're going to play to that arena. And I think they can do it better than Atlanta can, even though Atlanta's at home, and Atlanta's pretty good at home. And, you know, what's really interesting about that, Keith, is, is I think Atlanta may have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because I don't think the Falcons get a lot of respect. Julio Jones, you know, they, I mean, they got Matty Ice, they got Julio. You know, they got some, you know, big-time players there. But I'm just not sure when you look at the resume and you look at the success and, and how they've been able to perform on the bigger stage, the bigger the stage that gets – you know, they have a little trouble. It, it's just hard, you know, especially when you got the Seahawks with all that history that they have, it's kind of hard to pick the Seahawks. So I guess we're going to have to, um, you know, take a look at it and uh, call it the way we see it. I've already called it. I'm calling the Seahawks. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, I think the Texans and, and the Patriots, I don't think we'd have to say what we got going on up there, you know. <laughs> but uh, And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you said uh, the Steelers look good to you. You think the Steelers could pull it off with the Chiefs. Is that right? 
I think the Steelers can pull it off. Okay, well, I'm going to write this down, and next time we talk, if Keith calls in, uh, I'll be able to check him on and see what he says. But uh, certainly appreciate you joining the show, Keith. As always, uh, you know, your call is always appreciated and welcome whenever you get a chance. I want to thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Ray of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.